It's Wednesday, April 24th. Welcome to Skim This. We're breaking down the most complex stories of the day and giving you the context on why they matter. Today, we're diving into new allegations of sexual abuse within the Boy Scouts of America. We'll connect the dots on how this is tied to new laws that expand the statute of limitations. Then, for the first time ever, drug execs could go to federal prison for their role in the opioid crisis. We'll give you the details. And finally, a new study is urging us all to get up, stand up, for your health. We're here to make your Wednesday smarter. Let's skim this. Today's episode is brought to you by Dunkin'. They have a new line of signature lattes, Blueberry Crisp, Caramel Craze, and Coca Mocha. Sound too good to be true? Sipping is believing. And so is listening. Let's do this. The most complicated story today is about the Boy Scouts. Yesterday, a lawyer specializing in sexual abuse cases said that the Boy Scouts has a running tally of former volunteers who had been accused of sexually assaulting young boys. The list dates back decades, and there are a lot more people than we knew. There are 7,819 perpetrators of childhood sexual abuse in these files. That is 7,819. Reports of child sexual abuse by Boy Scout troop leaders and volunteers have been out there for years. But recently, victims and advocates have called for the Boy Scouts to face their history, fess up, and pay up. We're going to get into why we're getting this information now and how it's tied to a larger fight between victims, abusers, and institutions like the Boy Scouts. The Boy Scouts have been around for over 100 years. They're a huge organization, about 2.5 million kids nationwide and a million adult volunteers like troop leaders. In the 1920s, the Boy Scouts realized they were becoming a target for child predators. So they started keeping a list of adult volunteers who had been accused of sexual misconduct. Some of the names on the list have been released to the public, but not all. Then in January, an expert on child sexual abuse was called to testify on an unrelated case in Minnesota. In her testimony, this expert said she had been hired by the Boy Scouts to review secret files dating back to the 1940s. She revealed that the list contained nearly 8,000 names of accused predators and that there had been over 12,000 victims. Yesterday, the lawyer representing the victims in that Minnesota case made that expert's testimony public. The Boy Scouts have put out a statement apologizing to the victims. They also say they've paid for unlimited counseling for those victims, that they never knowingly allowed an abuser to work with children, and that every account of suspected abuse in their files had been reported to the authorities. But advocates like the lawyer who shared these stats say the Boy Scouts haven't been transparent enough about alleged abusers that they were aware of. And that lawyer also pulled together a list of 130 accused scout leaders just in New York State, and he's going to go after them. Like we said, a lot of these cases could be from decades ago, and it used to be that there was a very small window of time that victims could take their abusers to court. It's called the statute of limitations. It's different in every state. Those laws are in place to protect people from being wrongly accused decades after an alleged crime. The thinking was that victims' memories and criminal evidence stopped being reliable after a while. But that thinking has changed when it comes to sexual abuse. Evidence shows it can take decades for victims of childhood sexual abuse to realize what happened to them as kids or teens. And by the time that they do, they've often blown past the statute of limitations. And in the meantime, 
maybe the abuser has gone on to abuse others. So states are rethinking statute of limitation laws. Until this year, New York had one of the strictest laws on the books for childhood sexual assault. Victims had to file criminal or civil charges before they turned 23 years old. In February, New York Governor Cuomo signed the Child Victims Act. Starting this summer, victims can file criminal charges for things that happened to them as kids until they're 28. And they can sue their alleged perpetrators in civil court until they turn 55. And the state has also announced a one-year look-back window for people who have aged out of the statute of limitations. Basically, it gives them a year to sue their abuser in court. A handful of other states like California, Minnesota, Delaware, and Hawaii have enacted these windows too. After it was revealed last year that the Catholic Church in Pennsylvania had been covering up a huge sexual abuse scandal, lawmakers in the state house passed one too, but the state Senate rejected it. That's because look-back window laws are controversial, because they're expensive. They've led to thousands of lawsuits against people and big institutions like the Catholic Church, the Salvation Army, and the Boy Scouts. In places where they've passed, like New York, lawyers like the one we talked about earlier are literally putting out calls for victims to come forward with their stories so they can file big suits retroactively. That's why we're hearing about this now. So what's the skim? In the U.S., states have been easing back on the statute of limitation laws in part because of the flood of major child abuse scandals and their systemic abuse and cover-up. But big institutions like the Catholic Church, the Boy Scouts, and Michigan State University, which was implicated in the Larry Nassar scandal, have all lobbied against efforts to extend statutes of limitations and the look-back windows. They say they can't put the bill for every case dating back decades. Catholic dioceses from Delaware to Minnesota have had to declare bankruptcy. Now the Boy Scouts say they're considering that too. Victim advocates say those bankruptcies are just a way for them to get out of paying. While child abuse advocates try to hold big institutions accountable, federal prosecutors are doing the same with Big Pharma. That story's next. There's nothing worse than the afternoon slump, except an afternoon slump without the pick-me-up. Insert Dunkin's new handcrafted signature lattes. They come in flavors like blueberry crisp, caramel craze, and coca mocha. Warning, they may make you take more coffee breaks than your calendar would like. Sipping is believing with Dunkin's new handcrafted signature lattes. America runs on Dunkin. Price and participation may vary. Limited time offer. When you think about drug dealers, the first thing that comes to mind probably isn't white coats or scrubs. That image changed yesterday. Federal prosecutors charged Rochester Drug Cooperative and two of its former execs with drug trafficking. Here's Ray Donovan, the special agent in charge of drug enforcement in New York. Today is a pivotal moment in our fight against opioid suppliers responsible for causing tens of thousands of deaths each year. This is the first time a pharmaceutical company is facing criminal drug charges. So this is a big deal. Rochester Drug Cooperative, or RDC, is the sixth largest drug distributor in the country. It sells prescription medications to 1,300 pharmacies and rakes in over $1 billion a year in revenue. Federal prosecutors say that from 2012 to 2017, RDC knowingly distributed mass amounts of opioids, oxycodone, fentanyl, and other drugs to pharmacies they knew were selling the drugs to people who didn't need them. There were a bunch of red flags raised within the company. 
But instead of cutting suspicious pharmacies off, they changed their rules to let them order more. They took big orders from pharmacies that had been blacklisted by other distributors. The company says, yeah, we did it. They're going on probation and coughing up a $20 million fine. So what about the executives? The feds say the CEO drove company sales of oxycodone from around 5 million doses to over 43 million doses and upped fentanyl sales by 2,000% in just four years. Meanwhile, his salary more than doubled to $1.5 million. The CEO and the chief compliance officer are facing 10 years to life in prison on the drug trafficking charges and up to five years for not reporting the bad pharmacies to federal drug authorities. The chief compliance officer has pled guilty, but the CEO's lawyer says he's being framed. This all comes as pharmaceutical executives sat down today as part of a prescription drug abuse and heroin summit in Atlanta. President Trump joined them this afternoon and said they're making progress. We will not solve this epidemic overnight, but we will stop. There's just nothing going to stop us. But pharma executives are still in the hot seat. About 2,000 lawsuits have been filed in the last few years against opioid manufacturers across the country. And on Monday, new claims were filed in Connecticut against the makers of OxyContin, Purdue Pharma, and its founders, the Sackler family. The claims are that they did the same thing with doctors that RDC did with pharmacies. They found the ones willing to push opioids and targeted them. Purdue has denied the allegations. We've got some tough news for you next. Are you sitting down? Well, you might want to stand up. A new study is out that says Americans are sitting for an hour more every day than they were 10 years ago. On average, adults spend about six and a half hours a day in a chair, and kids are on their butts for more than eight. What are we doing with that time? The study says for at least an hour, we're on the computer outside of work. Another two hours, we're watching TV. And scientists say that's linked to higher rates of obesity and increased risks of cardiovascular disease, cancer, diabetes, and death. It's got some people saying sitting is the new smoking. But it's never too late to change your habits. The Skim Spring Forward campaign is here to help. Head over to theskim.com slash springforward for our guide. Before we go today, we've got a fun fact coming to you from the movies. Disney and Marvel's long-awaited Avengers Endgame opened today. The world has changed. Not here, in China. It pulled in a record $107 million in one day. That's the biggest box office opening in China of all time. Globally, Avengers Endgame sales are expected to hit $1 billion in less than a week. In the US, online ticket sellers say that the film sold more advanced tickets in the first 24 hours than any movie ever, which is especially hard to do for a three-hour movie. Some theaters are planning on staying open around the clock this weekend just to meet demand. Whatever it takes. And that's all for Skim This. Thanks for listening and be sure to hit subscribe and rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts. You can also get our morning newsletter, The Daily Skim, by texting the word SKIM to 66866. It's everything you need to know to start your day right in your inbox. 